Peace and welcome to another episode of Artistry, where art meets industry. We are your hosts, Rochelle Etienne Robinson and Stan Substantial Robinson. Season 3 of Artistry is powered by Words, Beats, and Life. Peace. Peace, y'all. Peace. Welcome. Welcome to another episode of Artistry where art meets industry. We are Rochelle Etienne Robinson and Stan Substantial Robinson. How are you? I'm excellent. How about yourself? Good, good. Mm. We have a great show today. But mm. first, mm. we just want to let you all know, um, for those of you that follow us, for those, welcome back. For those that are just joining us for the first time, welcome. We are a husband-wife duo, have our own business called Substantial Art and Music, Mm -hmm. and we will be hosting this week uh, an event at BlurredCon called Sketchpad. So those of you in the DMV area, please feel free to join us um, at BlurredCon for all things Blurred. If you're you're interested in manga, if you're interested in comics, if you're Mm -hmm. interested in anime, if you're interested in games, games, Um, we have a great program um, in store for you called Sketchpads, where we will have a visual artist partnered up with a uh, beat maker. Yeah, so uh, I'll be on the beats doing a live beat set, and then we got the homie Julian Lytle, um, who's worked with DC Comics. He's worked with Ava DuVernay um, and a host of other um, things, accolades under his belt. But basically, I'll be doing a live beat set while he's creating live art. And then we'll also have cosplayers who will be acting as figure models and we'll have free art supplies and all of that just kind of around the room. So you can come through, enjoy the art and the music or you can make some art um, or you can just come through, grab some free supplies and dip, you know. But, yeah, come through. Enjoy yourself. It's going to be awesome. We'll have more details soon. So make sure you uh, subscribe to the channel so you don't miss that information. All right. All um, right. So let's uh, let's talk about who we got today. I'm so excited. today is if you saw last episode where we had our fr- dear friends Nicole and Adrian um we just want to piggyback off of that and continue with the goodness um and when all- you say goodness what are you talking about I'm talking about food okay I'm I just, talking about- I gotta make sure now you know I gotta <laughs> I'm make ta- I'm talking about good eating okay gotcha I mean see good <laughs> Talking about eating good food, you know, you got to be yes, specific. Good you know, food can't get canceled around and here. You can't, you know? <laughs> you know, we got and sponsors. you can't have, and you can't have good food without a great chef. And Absolutely. so today's guest is a first for artistry. We want to explore the culinary arts, mm-hmm. and with that, we have our dear, dear friend and family, uh-huh. which is another what first. Cause? My cousin. Mr. Chef JB is in the house. Yeah. What's up? What's up? What up, cuz? Please, please. Welcome to the show. And that's just slang, folks. That's this is like real. Like he's my blood. He's my blood. Mm-hmm. Blood of my blood. That's what's up. <laughs> Welcome to the show, man. You know, we were so excited because, you know, with artistry, we try to talk about all industries dealing with the arts, whether it's Mm -hmm. performing arts, whether it's literary arts, whether it's culinary arts, Um, you know, so we want to make sure that we represent for all. Mm -hmm. And so we're so happy to have you join us today. Um, You know, with everything that's been going on these last several years, um, dealing with COVID in particular, I wanted to, as we asked all of our guests, because this show, again, was birthed during COVID, at the height of COVID. And so how have you been during these last two years navigating through 
COVID and everything else that, that, you know, life has thrown at you? I mean, no, honestly, in the beginning, it was hard, of course, like for everybody else, but as humans, we adapt to things and we learn new ways to go about our lives. And that's kind of what I did during the mm -hmm. time of COVID, expanding the things that I do, learning new parts of my craft that I never knew I knew how to do. So, Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. You know, um, well, we're going to go just jump in and get started on, um, you know, your background and your, your creative journey. So you are born and raised in Brooklyn, mm -hmm. you know, Brooklyn, New York, the only Brooklyn, right? That matters. Uh, tell us about life growing up in the city. What was that like for you? Interesting <laughs> to say the least. It's like, um, you see a bunch of different people, a lot of different cultures. And that says a lot about how you are when you grow up. You'll see everybody from like Hispanics to Arabics, Asians, everything in between. So we're all in like one area and you learn about a little bit about everybody else. Mm -hmm. No doubt. And and your experience was unique. I mean, you just mentioned uh, people from different cultures, but also which makes also what makes your experience unique. Like everyone knows um, if you've been to Brooklyn, then you know that there's a large um, West Indian population. Mm -hmm. And with your parents being from Haiti, like what what made, you know, not just your experience in Brooklyn, but the Haitian experience in Brooklyn? Like, can you speak to that a little bit? So the Haitian experience in Brooklyn is dope because depending on what part of Brooklyn you go to, the Haitian food is a little different. The culture is mm -hmm. a little different. It's almost mm -hmm. like as if you went to Haiti. So I'm going to give you an mm -hmm. example. Like if you went to Canarsie, that's different from the Haitians that are in Flatbush versus mm -hmm. the Haitians that are in Bed-Stuy. Every, every group of Haitians is a little different. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. Planet Brooklyn, man. Yeah. <laughs> Planet right. Brooklyn. Yeah, I mean, it's, Brooklyn's so big. It's just amazing. Like, you can go a certain amount of blocks or drive a certain distance in certain pockets of Brooklyn. It's completely different from whatever area of Brooklyn um, right. you're based in. Yeah. So what was your, your introduction to the arts? Uh, first, just like general art, right? Um, your, or the more traditional mm -hmm. idea of art. And then when was your introduction to the culinary arts? Okay, so art in general definitely had to be from like a really young age. I might have been like six or something like that. I used to like to draw. I was kind of good at it. Mm -hmm. And then I don't know what happened. I guess that faded away. I got a little consumed with food. <laughs> I come from a big family. We always have an event. They're always cooking. So the smells would entice me. Mm. So I'm like, oh, what y'all doing over there? And they wouldn't let me in the kitchen. My father's always yelling at me, get out the kitchen. <laughs> so me being a rebellious child, I don't like to listen to anybody. So him telling me to get out the kitchen made me want to be in the kitchen even more. Mm. So I guess that kind of fueled the fire that was in me to want to get deeper into this culinary art. Yeah. Wow. wow. Yeah. You know, again, you know, coming from a Haitian background, a lot of folks are not as familiar with, you know, when the people think of Caribbean food, they think of jerk chicken, mm -hmm. right? Which is, or roti, you or know, if you're from Trinidad or from or is Jamaica, you have, you know, patties, like, like you said. Um, 
you know Some bun and cheese what's the joint that's that's all ja- also jamaican <laughs> yeah, so you no. know jamaicans they they yeah that's what people <laughs> they take think of yeah. that's what people think of and with haiti you have and you you know chef jb you could correct me if i'm wrong but you know with hate in haiti haitian culture you have a little bit of everything because we have a little bit of everything in haiti so you have yeah. you know you have haitians they'll do pasta right because you have an italian you have Italian and you have an Asian population that brought those foods there. You have rice. Rice is a very huge staple mm-hmm. <laughs> in our household, you know. Mm-hmm. And you have, of course, the meats and, and you know, roasted pork and all these things. So, um, yeah, mm-hmm. it's I'm, I'm, I'm sal- salivating man, just thinking man, about it <laughs> over here. Like, <laughs> you know, oh, here we go. Like, I know the rapid fire questions come later, but like, I mean, can I put one out there now? Yes, go ahead. All right. I feel like we should go around the room. Uh, what's your favorite Haitian dish? And go. Oh, God. Why you do that? Well, I'll, I'll start. Um, soup Jumu, man. Really? Yeah, Soup Jumu. Like, I'll be waiting for New Year's Day. <laughs> you like that freedom all soup? Year long, that freedom soup, boy. You know what I mean? I'll be waiting for January 1st. You know? <laughs> I feel like my birthday starts like six days early whenever uh, uh-huh. New Year hit. Yeah, soup jumu, man. Yeah, really? Well, mm-hmm. Juneteenth, yo, we gotta we gotta bring it to. Bring I it mean, to the listen, why, why not? You know that that's what we do. <laughs> we we celebrate it twice a year. You know what I mean? We do it for January first, and then when Juneteenth come, you know what I mean? That's for the Haitian Americans. Bow bow. There you go. Right. Right. What say you, uh, Chef JB? What say you? Me, nah, don't judge. No judgment, right? Mm-hmm. All right, so it's got to be Haitian spaghetti. Really? Mm, yes. Wow. Uh, it's like so nostalgic to me because I remember getting home from school and like the woman who was like taking care of my grandmother would make that. Mm-hmm. You know, the little, little struggle still, you know? Daddy, yeah. hot dogs, a little bit of ketchup and tomato sauce. <laughs> I love it. Man. I love it. <laughs> yeah, those struggle dishes be the best. I'm telling though, man. you. I'm telling oh, you. Man. Oh my God! For me, I have to pick two because I ha- I can't just pick one. Of course, it has to be you know black rice. You know, do you have and which is basically a mushroom, a black mushroom um, base, right? Um, with rice that which makes it black, and then of course for soup it would be um, not soup jumu so much for me bouillon, bouillon, mm-hmm. which is a, basically an equivalent of I guess a stew. Mm. Which has yeah. all your all your veggies. It has plantain, the green plantain. It has spinach. It has watercress. It has celery. It has potato. You name it. Everything is thrown in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What are we doing after the show? What are we, what are we doing after the show? I, We're know, going to no. JV. I mean, look, uh-huh. we have to hop on that Chinatown bus or something. Right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. So, JB, um, what do you enjoy most? And what have been some of your biggest challenges navigating, um, you know, the your culinary arts? Yeah. Uh, it might be a little bit internal, but self-doubt. Feeling like I'm not as good as the ones that are out there. Realizing that there are people that do it better than me. But in reality, we are all in our own lanes. Mm-hmm. So learning that was definitely difficult. Getting out of your head and just doing what you know what to do, doing what you love. Yeah. You talked about it briefly, and I I know I I skipped over, and I want to get back to that. Mm -hmm. Getting into culinary arts school, what school did you go to, and what what was your family's reaction when you said, 
I want to be a chef. The Institute of Culinary Education out here in New York. And when I told my parents that I wanted to go, mind you, I was in college at the time. So, you know, you got to go to college and finish college in the Haitian family. Mm-hmm. I told them, I don't want to finish college. I want to go to culinary school. They looked at me like, no. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, this is what I want to do. Let me do this. And I can prove to y'all that I'm going to make it worth my time and money. Mm-hmm. You know, my uh, dad wanted me to be a a construction worker, an electrician, all these things. He wanted me to use my hands because I'm good at that too. But mm-hmm. that's not what I wanted to do. Right. Mm-hmm. You know what I find so interesting about that? And it's, it's, you know, it's definitely parents wanting to be protect their children first and foremost, right? Especially coming from an immigrant family. Um, but it's so interesting because as you mentioned you saw you grew up watching your dad cook i am a witness and um a frequent (laughs) visitor (laughs) and got to participate in your father's meals you know what i mean and which is you know already you know it's funny in the in the in that world right it's the women belong in the kitchen but i grew up with a lot of men in our family cooking and right. so it's to me, it was only a matter of time before somebody came and said, hey, I want to be a chef because right. we were surrounded by food is so much a part of our culture. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, man. Shout out. I know I know we were just talking about your dad, but like, um, you know, when it came to Haitian cuisine, like early on in our relationship, I remember the first time I had some of Mimi's cooking it like man you know off top it made me feel like i was having a like a restaurant level meal in someone's home right and then too i'm pretty sure like her mom is the reason why like my mom doesn't cook for me anymore <laughs> right like my mom just buys takeout and then puts it in front of me but she does not cook for me anymore and that's because the first time i had her cooking first time i had haitian um um food in general i came home bragging so much to my mom i didn't think i was bragging she just asked me how i went and i was like man the food oh my god mom like it was it was crazy and yo and literally i feel like the last time my mom actually made something from scratch for me was around that week bro that was like almost 20 years ago that's crazy yeah yeah, yeah man but, but that's that's how good that you what y'all came up on that's how good it was man right. you know but also uh-huh. your mom herself got to you know partake oh yeah she understood completely i'm pretty <laughs> sure she felt the way when i was talking about it but then when you know when when they realized we was going to be together and we weren't going anywhere and she came through and experienced it for herself forget about it man like my mom hates steps but please believe when Mimi invited her over for dinner she made her way up them steps like, she made her way up them steps to get some of that cooking so shout out to y'all family man. you know what I mean both sides of the family yeah you know so um going back I know you had said um one of the biggest challenges what have you enjoyed most about being a chef uh, the various amounts of food. It never stops. There's so many different types of food, so many vegetables, so many cuisines that you could tap into. It never stops, and it's constantly changing. What you can do with food is always changing, so it keeps me on my toes. Mm-hmm. That's why I like it so much. Yeah, that's great. That's awesome, man. How would you say your cooking has evolved over the years? Like, you know... Um, since you first started to where you are now? 
That's a great question. And I'm going to just say it like this. I used to only be able to cook pasta and chicken. <laughs> now I could make vegetables taste like pasta and chicken. <laughs> wow. Just yeah, the evolution man. of food in general has changed a lot for me. Mm. That's awesome. Yeah. I don't know how we're going to get through this episode without like. I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't know because we really definitely we definitely don't need to eat any more today because we literally just ate before we did this. But, but uh, I mean, okay, y'all got know. me talking about food, and I skipped dinner, man. Y'all, y'all messing me up right now. Uh, we apologize. We apologize. So the rest of the uh, the rest of the questions will be about surfing. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? No more food. Surf questions. and turf. The surf what, and turf. Right. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> we covered the turf, <laughs> right? So, uh, yeah. so you have worked. You have in the short amount of time that you've been in the industry, you have worked and continue to work for some notable individuals as well as companies. What has been your most memorable experience? Uh, my most memorable has to be my time with BNC Restaurant Group, this big um, Southern New American style restaurant group in Brooklyn. They gave me my first um, restaurant management position. So basically, they're the ones who taught me how to be a head chef as opposed to just a cook in a restaurant. So my time there, I think I spent a total of five years with that company. And just like through like my mentors from there and the owners themselves have taught me so much. And what restaurant was was that? That Was that... um. Oh, that was Peaches. Peaches, yeah, in mm-hmm. Brooklyn. So those of you in Brooklyn, mm-hmm. yeah. Peaches, oh my goodness. Yeah. Yeah, Peaches was great. I'm going I'm to pose a question to you, uh, go off script for a second, because um, uh, as you know, you know, I do music. And whenever I meet, like, young people and they find out I do music, first thing they want to know is who I work with, like, that's famous. You know what I mean? Because they don't know who I am, so they don't really care what I've done outside of somebody famous so uh, what i'm gonna ask you is have you ever had any celebrity uh clients before you ever uh or have like some of the restaurants you cooked at where you were doing your thing you walk you pop out real quick and then you see somebody uh notable yeah. enjoying your food all the time um when i worked with peaches we used to do a lot of orders for most deaf. um he was a regular at the restaurant so now known as yasin bay mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I would see him in there. Oh, yo, what's up? Dap him up. Go back to my job. That's what's up. Yeah. That's what's up. That's awesome. Yeah, I feel like one of the times we were there, we yep, even we bumped saw him. into him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, we did. Yeah, that's what's up, man. Yeah, so uh, I guess, um, well, well, we can we we talked about some of the the, the challenges of, um, but what do you? Outside of the challenges of being a chef, what are some of the advantages um, to being a chef? You're never hungry. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're never hungry. I mean, that's cool. And you just you meet a lot of different people through food. There's a lot of connections made through food. Think about family. Mm-hmm. What's one thing that always brings family together? It's food. Mm-hmm. It brings the whole world together. So, like, currently my job now, I work for a company called Collective Fair. Mm-hmm. And we um, deal with food insecurity. So, we have a meal prep program that's basically 
feeding people who can't afford to eat. Mm. So say you need a meal or you're just down bad right now, you could contact us. We'll make sure you'll have food for the entire week. You need it for your family as well. Your mm. entire family will get food for that week and they will keep going wow. until you're in a better spot than you were. Yeah. Wow. That's awesome. Uh, man, that, that's, that's really dope. I think what's also really cool about that, I think sometimes, um, you know, some artists, different types of artists and different people in general, you, you look at the skill set that you have and you see things happening in the world and you're trying to figure out how you can use your skin or your skill set, how that can actually help to make things a bit better. And so it's really dope. Um, you know, of course, you're doing um, a lot of what you love. And so mm -hmm. there's a lot of there's a lot of pleasure you get out of doing that. But then it's also dope to know that at any given day you can pretty much um, utilize those same skill sets to help families in need, too. That's awesome, man. Yeah. You know, um, I was thinking back when we were talking about, you know, again, with challenges and advantages. Um, walk us through that process of, of going through culinary art school. Like, what does that first year look like? So in the beginning, it was very, for me at least, very nerve-wracking because me going into culinary school was just me knowing this is what I want to do. But then there are other people who were older than me, got different exposure to different things than me. So they knew like a, a bigger variety of food. So they knew different ingredients and like proteins and flavors that I had no idea what they were. So just being like kind of intimidated by other people knowing more than you, it's mm -hmm. just like, yo, damn. Am I dumb? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that I think um, was it uh, when we talk about like different types of intelligences, right? Yeah. And it's just like you might be pretty sharp at a thing, but when you're jumping into a new profession and you're around people who've lived nothing but this right. for like thirty years, twenty years, sometimes longer than that, you're just like, bro, I just listen. I just learned with. Uh, a one sauce was like last week. So, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm clearly I got some work to do. You know what I mean? But it, it teaches you to have a, a, a great respect for the craft, right? Mm -hmm. Because I think a lot of times people see that, you know, I think with um, the success of a lot of these reality TV shows, you know, mm -hmm. that we see that are all over the place from Chef Ramsay to all these documentaries and these, you know, these shows and programs that are streamed. What do you? What is your opinion on all the 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 celebrity side of cooking that you see now? <laughs> I got a funny thing about celebrity chefs. I don't really like them. Mm. I'm not a big groupie on them. I think a lot of their food is overrated because it's it just might not be my style. I'm not gonna mm. say they're overrated. It's just not my style. Mm -hmm. I prefer the the mom and pop shops, the, the casual places, the whole fine dining upscale, like celebrity chef thing. Mm -mm, I'm not a fan of it. Not a fan of them at all. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What do you feel like um, is the, bis uh, the biggest like misconception 
of what it means to be a chef or like the experience of being a chef? What do you think that people, people's expectations, like those things that they have all wrong or they really don't understand about the profession? So people think being a chef is just somebody who knows how to cook, but it's so much deeper than just Mm -hmm. cooking. It goes into how well can you cause food? Can you actually like salvage as much food as you can without waste? Can you, can you feed a thousand people and 996 of them like it? Mm. That's what really makes a chef. Wow. Mm. Wow. So on that note, I, I feel like, man, that that's a great uh, we, we're going to sit there. We're going to sit here, ponder that for a second. Right. We're going to pay some bills. We're going to um, take a moment to go ahead and shout out our sponsor for the show. Alex, don't go anywhere. Those of you right watching here. or listening, y'all don't go anywhere either. Shout out to our sponsor, Words, Beats and Life. Um, yeah. You know, we're going to bring in this quick ad from them and we'll be right back with more Chef JB. All right, y'all hold tight. My name is Saad Walker, and I teach graffiti at Warby Tonight. When I started doing graffiti in high school, it really helped me in an environment that I just really didn't feel like I fit in. I had just moved to a new high school. I started creating art out in the streets, and it just really helped me express myself. I really feel like graffiti is a great way for kids to express themselves, which is something that all teenagers kind of are really trying to figure out how to do. I think it's really the the root of why uh, my classes are popular with with kids, but I really think um, it can transition into a meaningful um, career or occupation um, as they get older. And that's why I'm with WBL. Enroll in my graffiti class at WBL, Inc.org slash academy. Hey, hey, and All we're back. Right. Wow. I was thinking about that whole, you know, having 960 something people like it. Like, that's no pressure. <laughs> no. But I feel like he said 994, which yeah. is, that's even, <laughs> we're at like 99.9% out here. You know what I mean? Or 99.4%. Yeah, that's a, that is a, a lot Man, of pressure. That, that's yeah. why I'm like, oh. My yeah, goodness. Cause cause whether something whether you paid for it or not, mm-hmm. somebody got an opinion about it. Everybody. You know what I mean? I don't care if you know you're have you're helping uh you know, families who are down and out, down bad at the moment. Um, yo, regardless, they whatever you give them, they um what is this? <laughs> Why is there no black? Yeah, like somebody's gonna uh-huh. have something to say. Mm-hmm. So being able to serve like high quality food, no matter what the circumstances, and have everyone um, enjoy it or almost everyone enjoy it—that's a, it. that's a challenge and a, yeah. a very powerful skill to have. Absolutely, man. So JB, do you feel now more um, uh, more confident in your in your success? And what what was the what was the 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 turning point for you you were like yeah i got this i got um, this i got a thing that i say i say i'm top five mm-hmm. top five everything so just being top five you know great you know you got this my point when i realized that was when i worked for a a korean restaurant mm-hmm. 
uh, black boys from Brooklyn working in a Korean restaurant, doing Korean food, learning their culture. And then I started to make specials with Korean influence. Mm. And it started to do all these like different fusions that people never really heard of. So I did like a West Indian Korean fusion. Right now I'm doing a Korean dumpling concept with West Indian flavors. So I got oxtail dumplings, I got jerk chicken dumplings, I got fried pork dumplings, I got a little bit of everything. So that's when I realized, I was like, yo, are you top five? <laughs> <laughs> I dope. like that. I like that. That's dope, man. Yeah, that's man. Dope. So what, what advice would you have for someone who is considering um, going into culinary arts um, and they want to they want to grow up to be, you know, uh, the next great chef? What would you tell them? To learn as much as possible. Mm -hmm. Listen very well. Don't think that, you know, anything going into it. Be really humble. And take every lesson that you can. Yeah. Well, that's solid advice. Yeah. And real quick, I just wanted to to tell the folks who are listening uh, to the podcast to definitely come on our YouTube channel. Um, just look up sub art and music uh, or artistry uh, on YouTube so you can see these dishes. Mm. Um, because, <laughs> I mean, we can we can hype it up as much as possible. But seeing what these things look like. Um, well, you know what, JB, tell us what we're looking at. Go, yeah, if you go, go back, back yeah. yeah. What is this? What is okay, that that so we're this seeing? Is, um, this is from our meal prep program at the company I work for now. So this is a chimichurri steak mm -hmm. with a cilantro lime rice, some shredded carrots, and some snap peas. Mm -hmm. I don't That's even it. eat meat, but I hey, mean, that, that looks... If I was to come out of retirement, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I feel like this might be the starting point, you know? So... Yeah, and I think this other thing that we have here is a dessert. What what are we and you know, we we we, we got a sweet tooth like the rest of us, so uh Of course. So this is a carrot cake scone and I made a snickerdoodle icing to go on top of it. What? Oh on, son. Yeah. Oh the disrespect. <laughs> And it's so f okay. So what we're looking at, folks, is as you know, it's a scone, but it's you know, so it's a triangle, it's flaky powdered sugar and then you said what is drizzled on it oh my god snickerdoodle icing so it's like cinnamon nutmeg hey. you know, a little bit of sugar some milk you know, nice little icing man listen the i feel like the school kid in me <laughs> i don't care what's under the snickerdoodle icing son you said snickerdoodle <laughs> you know what i'm saying <laughs> you know oh that looks oh, amazing man. yeah it's crazy yeah. And to go back uh, to this um, this table setting that you have here, yeah. so so what are we looking at here? Because this looks amazing. You got all the goodness. Yeah. So another thing that I do, I craft like you know intimate experiences. So I'll do different events. This is a brunch that I did for somebody's birthday. You know, I had a little mimosas on the table, a little dipping sauces and stuff. They had some steak and broccolini. Add some eggs, some mac and cheese, some little bacon ribbons that I do. I make fresh breads and dips. So all of that was on the table. Wow. Wow. Oh, boy. Mm. So, of course, naturally, uh, folks are going to be like, okay, enough of the teasing. Where can we find you? So where can folks, um, where can folks find you? Where can they partake 
and all this goodness. What are we doing next? They can find me on Instagram. I do a lot of personal dinners at Chef JV. Got it. Oh, Chef JV underscore. Got it. Mm-hmm. And DM me. That's it. Okay. Yeah, for sure. Sure. So I know, um, you know, prior to us doing this show, we were talking about like, you know, what's, um, you know, what's next for you? Like what, what you're working on? What are your plans and stuff? Uh, we know that mm-hmm. you're working with a company now, but like what what's some of your your upcoming goals? What What's next? What you got going on? So one of my biggest goals right now is to launch a spice line. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody needs good spices in their houses to make your food taste good. Mm-hmm. So I'm actually um, naming the spice line after my daughter who just passed away. It's going to be called Lolly Spice. We have about 10 different spices right now. Working on doing some more. And just keeping up with my um my private catering. It's time to like branch out, do my own thing, expand my brand, expand my name. Mm-hmm. And take it from there. Awesome. So when you with the with the spices, are we doing dry rubs, liquid? What's it gonna well, be? We started off starting off with dry rubs, then we're going for liquids. And I also have some sauces that I wanna launch out to. Mm-hmm. Exciting, exciting. Oh, we ready for it, man. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm going to send y'all a little care package. Yeah. Hey, hey. Y'all heard it here. <laughs> you know, we're we going to clap it up for that. <laughs> clap it up for care packages. Uh, you know. We always like a gift. Yeah, we, we love a gift. You know what I'm saying? Because we've had many a guest on the show. Not all of them bless us with gifts. They, they gift us their time, and we are appreciative. <laughs> but those other gifts are also appreciated. So thank you, good sir. We, we are looking forward to it. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Right. We're excited for you. Um. So we, you talked about brunches and doing private catering. Do you have a favorite occasion or holiday that you love to cook? In a weird way. I'll complain about it every day. But Thanksgiving. Really? It's my favorite. For sure, because I'm going to keep talking about the company I work for right now. But last year, I think I cooked a total of 300 turkeys. So, wow. I don't wow. know. I love hate relationship with Thanksgiving. That's when I, I think that was the birth of my um, spice blend idea. Mm-hmm. Was last year cooking so many turkeys. I got bored, so I said, "Let me come up with some different spices for each turkey. Let's, let's mm-hmm. try it with the turkeys first and see what happens." Mm-hmm. And it just kept going from there. Wow. That's when Thanksgiving. Yeah. I mean, this is Thanksgiving makes sense. I mean, this is where people, you know, whether you're a home cook or, you know, executive chef, this is where you get to hone your skills, right? You get to show mm-hmm. off, mm-hmm. you know, and of course you have also with so many different tastes, you're dealing with young people, you're dealing with, you know, middle age, you're dealing with older people, different, you know, ethnic backgrounds, a lot of competition. Who made the, pot- right. you know, especially in the summer, who made the potato yeah. salad? Who made what? <laughs> who right. made what? Mm-hmm. So... No, that that makes sense to me. That makes sense to me. Yeah, I'm just over here daydreaming of food, man. Like, <laughs> I know, it's right? It's like, man, I, I don't know what I'm going to have. At, I don't know what I'm going to have after the show, but I'm going to have something. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? 
all of this talking, man. Oh my goodness. What are what are some of your like long term goals though? Outside of like, so we know that you're doing the the um, the, the rubs and the um, you know the different spices first, but uh, long term, what's your goal? Restaurant or you know what? I want to stay away from restaurant as long mm-hmm. as possible. That headache is ridiculous. Yeah, but I definitely want to dip into um, culinary education, specifically mm-hmm. for high school kids. I feel yeah. like that's a skill that you need to learn. You need yeah. to know how to cook. Mm-hmm. And when you're out there, you can't eat ramen noodles every night. And, you know, high yeah. blood pressure, all that stuff not good mm-hmm. for you. So I think kids learning how to cook is really important. Yeah. Yeah. No, I appreciate you you saying that, too, because uh, that was something I was thinking about earlier while you were talking is the connection with, I feel like, when I learn how to cook like real dishes and real food outside of just warming things up, I felt like I had control over my health, you know, like I feel like I was able to get better control because I started real young giving up certain foods because I was diagnosed with high blood pressure when I was like 14 um, and was on medication. Um, the type of medication that they were giving to people who were like three, four times older than me. And, um, and I felt like as I got older, um, I was able to get off that medication because I learned how to cook for myself and I learned how to play around with different seasons and, and make things that maybe I wouldn't normally eat if someone else was making. I, I learned how to make those things taste better when I made them. And right. um, and that allowed me to eat healthier and not feel like I was sacrificing quality or anything like that. So, I mean, you know, I applaud you for, for taking interest in that because I feel like if more people knew how to cook and knew how to, like, better better season their food. Because I feel, man, this is a conversation we had over the weekend, right? And you jump in. Please shut me up if I'm, if I'm wrong or just jump in uh, at any moment. But one of the things that I was uh, telling some of the folks because they saw me eating uh, a veggie burger, right? And this wasn't anybody's veggie, just any old veggie burger. It's one of those uh, Beyond Meat or mm-hmm. um, Impossible burgers. So, you know, it, it tastes different. Um, mm-hmm. And what I pointed out to somebody who was like, yeah, I don't know about those and stuff. But when they saw it cooking, they had all the questions. And what I advised them when they were talking about restaurants and how they've had vegetarian stuff, how it wasn't so good. One of the things I had to tell him, I was like, man, don't ever go to a vegetarian. Don't ever order a vegetarian dish from a place that doesn't specialize in vegetarian food Mm -hmm. because it's not made with love, fam. Like they don't. (laughs) I feel like when you go to certain restaurants and you order like things that are, quote unquote, vegetarian, it's just not prepared the same way if they specialize in meats and and different things like that. Um, And Mm -hmm. like, so what has your experience been with that? I know that was super long winded, but I'm just, (laughs) I know you got thoughts and I know you understand how to properly season things. So I just wanted you to elaborate on that a little bit. So I agree with you completely. If you don't specialize in it, it's kind of just like a a forgotten thought. They kind of like, oh, we throwing it on here just in case somebody come in here, but we don't really do it. Right. Mm -hmm. So I do that now. I work with a lot of vegetables because that's the lane I want to get into. Mm-hmm. I make them taste like meat. So I'll give y'all an example. Don't drool. <laughs> I, can't make I you made, no promises. I came up with a mushroom chopped cheese. 
So it's basically a blend of mushrooms, like the typical chopped cheese sandwich is out here in Brooklyn. Yeah. It's got the little garlic aioli on the bottom and some spicy ketchup and some cheese. But it tastes better, in my opinion, than a beef dish. Mm. Hey, it's, sign me up, man. You, you need I people to, to test out these things on. You know, we're here. <laughs> Our hands are up. Our hands are up. We're Both raised. Hands. Right, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I got you. Oh, man. That sounds amazing. You know, you had you had said um, restaurant is not, it's definitely something not something you're you're interested in doing. What would you say is the biggest? No time soon is what he said. No, no time, time soon. soon. Okay. Mm-hmm. What would you say is the biggest misconception? Because that industry um, is very challenging, right? I mean, we saw it particularly mm-hmm. with the pandemic, where a lot of restaurants did not survive. Um, yeah. And if, for many reasons, one, they were probably struggling before the pandemic and the pandemic really just set the, you know, set them over the edge. You have other places where, you know, the food may be high end and doesn't necessarily travel well. It's not made for takeout, for instance, yeah, exactly. you know, so what would you say um, are some of the reasonings why you would not want to do a restaurant at this time? The cost of food, the cost of doing business in general is ridiculous. So I'm running three different locations right now. And my job is to control costs any way that I can. Mm. So if everything down to paper goods, prices are skyrocketing. Protein prices are high. Everything is just high. It just costs way too much to do business. That's why I want to stay away from it until we get past this. Not to mention gas. Like, right. That can't, even, can't even drive to get the stuff that you need without feeling like, I really drive this extra two miles. Right. Mm. It really is a domino effect. Like, I think um, if we learned anything during this pandemic, it's to show the importance of everyone and of every industry and how every industry is dependent on another industry. Mm-hmm. You know, like you mentioned with driving, with gas prices being as high as it is, that, of course, brings prices up for just about everything, right? Because if if anything's being shipped, whether it's coming by cargo or train, bus, truck, whatever, you know, it's it's a cost, and that cost gets gets pushed down to, you know, to the client, and then you know, ultimately to the consumer. So yeah, I mean, that makes sense to me. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Let's get into these rapid fire questions, so, though. So before we get, I have one more question before we get into the rapid fire. Um, Tools of the trade. You know, we like to know about, since this is, we talk about the industry, what are your go-to tools? You know, I know people have their knives. I know people have their utensils. What are yours? I got three things that I keep with me at all times. I got my Miyabi knife. I've got a black spoon that I don't go anywhere without. And I got a Sharpie. And a Sharpie. Hmm. <laughs> What's the Sharpie for? I'm curious. Autograph. properly label your stuff, you know? Ah, uh, gotcha. <laughs> I made gotcha. this on, you know, Tuesday, 21st. All right, cool. Now I know. Hmm. That's what's up. Okay. All, All right. right. Something new? Yeah, yeah. All right. All right, we're going to get to the fun stuff now. Rapid fire questions. All right. <laughs> so the first thing that comes to your head, okay? The first thing. Mm-hmm. So, All right, cool. Uh, you want to go first? Sure. Favorite herb or spice? 
time. Time. Oh, okay. I wasn't expecting that. Okay, I like that. All right, number two. She didn't know what time it is. Uh, <laughs> you're so you're so corny. <laughs> you're so I'm corny. sorry. Try to keep it interesting. I'm sorry. Oh, Go ahead. Lord. Okay. Dad jokes. Number two. If you could have only one meal mm. for the rest of your life, what would it be? Pizza. Pizza. Hey. Oh. Regular New York slice? Regular New York slice. You know, a little bit of garlic powder, oregano, little red chili flakes. That's it. That's, hey, okay. I ain't mad he, at that. He's a Brooklyn boy. He's a Brooklyn boy. This is one of those things, man. That even, if it's even, done, yeah. even when it's bad, it's still pretty good. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know, you can eat a cold hot whenever you want. Yeah. I've never had horrible pizza. You know what I mean? Right. Like, I feel like I've had okay or not so great pizza, but there's been times where I've had other foods where I'm like, oh, that was terrible. I'm never I'm never having this again. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Pizza, I can't think of an experience that was that life-altering. You know what I mean? Like, a negative uh, in a negative way. That's a good yeah, answer. Good. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm, favorite dessert to eat and make? Peach cobbler. <gasps> Oh, did we have his peach cobbler before? I don't know, but we need to. Yeah. <laughs> I felt like we had some. Uh, a dis- did I, we have it at Peaches? I think we might have had it at Peaches. Oh, that's where we had it at. Oh, man. I knew it was somehow connected to you. You know what I mean? Because, <laughs> uh, yeah. Ooh. All right. Good answer. Good answer. Hey, man. Damn, man. We got to eat it. <laughs> he, oh, said, my God. he said good answer. Like, this is family Good food. answer. Good answer. <laughs> and the survey says. <laughs> oh, God. All right. So this is a, a good one. Uh, what would you be? What is your favorite song or playlist to cook to? Like that. Jazz Bob's on Spotify. Okay. Mm. Okay. Oh. Hey, hey. Strictly, strictly instrumental. Mm. Nice bass. Very relaxing. Okay. Oh. All right. All right. And your fate, well, you, you mentioned what you keep on you at all times. So I'm assuming this answer is probably going to be one of these two things. Uh, one of those, one of the two utensils you mentioned. But favorite cooking utensil? Only one. Only one. Definitely my knife. Mm-hmm. Definitely my knife. And what is that? What what why um that particular knife? And tell us the brand again. Miyabi. So it's a Japanese company. Reliable and very sharp. And they're light. Very light. I don't like a heavy knife because you end up you cut all day long. You have a knife in your hand all day long. You don't want something too heavy to like seriously callous your hand that bad. Mm-hmm. You want something to glide through the food that you cook, and not something that you got like work with and like mess mm. your shoulders up, stuff like that. Mm. Yeah. Wow. I didn't even talk about I mean, that, yeah. Right? The more you know, right? You know. Mm-hmm. Now you had mentioned earlier um, that you have had, um, you know, some positive experiences. Um, is there a particular mentor? That gave you some advice that has stuck with you throughout the years, and what and what was that piece of advice that you still kind of hold on to? Oh man, 
That's a great question. I think the advice that I said earlier, never stop learning. Never stop. Yeah. Never stop learning. The the job is never done. You're always gonna learn something new. Mm-hmm. Just stay on your toes and keep moving. Yeah. Awesome. Well, JB, thank you so, so much for this, for your time. We are literally salivating and <laughs> visualizing all types of goodness. Mm-hmm. <laughs> for those of you that um, are listening to this, be, definitely go on Instagram um, and holla at your boy, Chef JB. Mm-hmm. You oh, know, I'll and. and Don't worry. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. But thank you so much, cuz. I appreciate you for taking the time. Learned a lot. Yeah, definitely. You man. know, we're so, we, you know, we support you a thousand percent. You know, you're already our top five, so you ain't right. got to worry about that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I appreciate man. y'all. Thank y'all for having me. No problem. Yeah, no problem. Right. Best of luck to you. And that is our show, folks. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us for Artistry. Um, next up, we will be meeting with Miss Tamara, Tamara Jade. Hey. Vocalist yes. extraordinaire. So yeah, y'all we, may, have, may recognize her from uh, the TV show The Voice. Um, you might have seen her on tour with uh, so many people. John Baptiste. Um, She's performed with Lizzo. Just a lot, uh, and when she was on The Voice, uh, she was on John Legend's team, if mm-hmm. I'm not mistaken. I so, so yeah. Uh, yeah, man. So it's going to be a great show. And she from PG County, Maryland. Eight, eight. Hey, you already know what it is. Clap it up for that. PG <laughs> joint, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, but yeah, man, it's going to be a great show. Um, and we will catch you next time. So we'll see you in two weeks. Um, and don't forget, we will be at BlurCon 2022. Uh, which is happening July 8th through July 10th. So mm-hmm. come out. It's going to be a great time. Come check out our Sketchpads event. I might be hopping on stage to do, do a little something slight, a little something quick, some quick, you know, some bars or something. But definitely <laughs> we'll be uh, playing the beat. And, and make sure you come to our table and check us out at BlurCon. All right? Absolutely. Uh, so, yeah, on that note, we're going to get out of here, get this intro popping. Al, hang around for a little bit behind the scenes. And uh, the rest of y'all, we will see y'all soon. Y'all take care. Peace, peace, peace. peace. Thanks for listening to Artistry, where art meets industry. Season three of Artistry is sponsored by Words, Beats, and Life. Visit www.wblinc.org to learn more. This podcast is produced by Substantial Art and Music. For more information, please visit www.subartandmusic.com. You can also follow us on social media at Subart and Music. Peace.